Mark 16, 16. Let's start with 15. I want to go back to 15. So in this scripture, and we're going to read three different things here. And it's all the same time period. Okay, so Jesus has resurrected. He's, he's died on the cross. He's resurrected. And this is that 40-day period between resurrection and ascension. Okay? So this is nitty-gritty time, right? This is the time when Jesus knows he's going back. And this is what's important. You guys know, like, like how many of you had, have had kids leave the nest? Okay, so you kind of know, like, as it gets closer and closer, you know, you've been telling them things. You've been feeding into their lives. But as it gets closer and closer, then you realize, okay, I've only got so much time left, right? So I've, I've got to impart some things into their life before they go. And so here Jesus knows, like, okay, it's about time to go. And so this is what he's telling him before, telling us, well, telling the disciples, the apostles before he goes. So verse 15 says, then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay, so here we are. And then what challenge does Jesus give to the apostles? Here. Go into all the world, right? And preach to who? Every, the whole creation. Everyone. That's a big task, right? That's a big ask, if you ask me. I'm just saying, like, right? Can, I, can we call a spade a spade here? Right? Like, I you know it's Wednesday night, not Sunday school, so, you know, like Jesus, like Sunday school answer, right? It's, it's always Jesus. But here, that's a hard task. To go out into all the world and preach to every creature or all creation. Because there's some people I don't like. And there's some people don't like me. And that's all right. I mean, I love everybody. Right? But I may not like everybody. All right. Uh, that wasn't really in my notes here. I just, it just hit me there. So. Let's go to, okay, so, can someone read from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20? So, this is the parallel passage, okay? So, we got Mark 15 and 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So, anybody want to read that, Matthew chapter 28? Uh, 28, 19, so Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Yep. Oh, I love that verse. Thank you. My favorite is actually in John, John chapter 21, I think. I haven't looked that up today, so I don't remember, but, um, but it's, John ends it with, there, there's more that Jesus did, and if we wrote about all of it, it would, there's not enough books in the world to contain what he did. I mean, what? no, is that, am I the only one that grabs? Like, that to me is like the end of a fairy tale and the end of a story, but setting up the second story, 
You know, like, okay, all right. So, but here, what was different from Matthew to, to Mark to Matthew? What did you guys see in there that was a little bit different? Did anybody pick up on anything? Because he actually added to the job from Mark to Matthew. Now, I don't think that the Bible is different here. I think there's a different perspective, right? How many of you have ever told a story and your spouse tells it differently? So uh, you guys all know Carrie, and Carrie's wonderful, and, 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 and she is, I, I call her like Mary Poppins, you know, practically perfect in every way. And, and so, you, you know, I, practically. And, uh, so, and so I can't have too many pet peeves with her, but one of my pet peeves is the way she tells a story. Because she's never right. Like the details are all wrong. It didn't happen in that order. And so, like, I'm a very deep, like, orient, like, boom. This is how it happened. Boom, boom. These are the facts. Just like, I'm like Joe Friday. Yes, I know I'm going way back. All right, what did Joe Friday say in Dragnet? Am I the only one? Just, just the facts, man. That's what he said. Just the, how many of you didn't know who Joe Friday was? Did not know. How many of you have never watched the movie Dragnet with Tom Hanks? And Dan Aykroyd, you've seen that movie? How many of you seen Dragnet with Tom? Okay. Oh, my. We got we to gotta really up our 80s movies here. I'm just saying, if we're going to, like, reference point, I, I'm sure Jason has. Now, when did Dragnet come out for my more wise people in here? The TV show Dragnet. What, what years were those? Is that 60s, 70s? Okay. All right. So, neither here nor there. All right. What's that? I, mean, I was born in 1981. Like, I, I'm not, you know, I, it's, it was before my time. But you want to know who I was listening to before? I, I've already said I'm an old soul. You might want to know who I was listening to before I came to church tonight? Otis Redding. So, there you go. Sitting in the morning sun. I'll be sitting when, okay, sitting on the dock of the bay, no? Okay, sorry, thank you. All right, did you guys know that was his only number one song? And he died before he hit number one. He died in a car crash or a plane crash. In fact, like if you were a singer in the 50s, don't get in a plane. It was not good. I know, look, here's a lot of references that are like way older than me, but yeah, I like, so my, my mom is older, obviously, because she had me. Yeah, that's how it works. And I remember having a VHS tape of the 1950s hits because we were having a carnival at Heltonville School, and it was a 50s theme. And I had all, like, Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper, Richie Fat, you know, all those. That was, okay. All right, neither here nor there. All right, so what was added from Mark to Matthew? See, this is, a, this, is a, this is a different perspective. This is from Matthew, and here's what it says. Make disciples of all nations, baptize them in, right? So it added to the job. So not only are you supposed to go tell everybody, because that's a different job than discipling them. So we need to go tell everybody, and then we need to make disciples of all of them. I got one more for you. Luke chapter 24, verse 47. 
See, this is going to give you the complete picture of Scripture here because these are three different perspectives of the same story. Now, does anybody know where Mark got his perspective from? So Matthew was, a, was, an, was an apostle. Mark was not an apostle. But anybody know who, who, where he got his perspective, who told him that his gospel? That's Peter. This is probably from Peter. I think John Mark is actually related to Peter somewhere down those lines. So, but he gets that story. And then Luke, how did Luke get his story? What was Luke's job? He was a doctor, right? He wrote Luke in the book of Acts. And so he just talked to people. He was like a newspaper reporter. Right? What does a newspaper reporter do? Goes and talks to a bunch of different witnesses and then makes the is it conglomeration. Is that the word I'm looking for? Would that be a, an amalgamation maybe? Is that something? Am I making up words? My Mike Tyson words? If I'm Mike Tyson words, just pre- pretend I'm not. All right, I'm not on video today, so it doesn't matter. Um, but it's a, he took all these different people and talked to them and then wrote this out, right? But we know every, every scripture, every, everything in the Bible is, is, is led by the Holy Spirit and God breathed, right? Okay, so let's read Luke chapter 24, verse 47. I'll, I'll read this one. Uh, and so he also said to them, this is what is written, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And repentance, this is verse 47, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Okay, so now, now to me, look, this is a complete step here, right? So first of all, Mark says, like, just go talk to everybody, right? Just go, just go talk and let baptize them and they'll be saved, right? And those are baptized. Now, I'm not saying you have to be baptized to be saved. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't think it's what the Bible's saying there. All right, I think that was just the next step once you accept Christ. That's just the next step that goes into that. Um, so they got that first one. And then they're saying, go make disciples of all nations. Okay, so now we're starting to get a little more clear picture. And then this third one, it's the repentance and remissions of sins are to be preached, are to be proclaimed, are to be talked about. And then they give us a starting point. How many of you know it's easier to do a job when... You have a starting point, beginning at Jerusalem, okay? So now we're starting to get a complete picture of, and I think I asked a question never answered. What is, the, what is our goal? What is our job as a Christian? So I was, I was, I was, I, I was honored. I got asked to be, um, Karen, I got asked to lead a kids crusade in Missouri. That's why we weren't here on Sunday. Dustin was giving me a hard time because I wasn't here. Um, I'm like, I was in Missouri, I'm sorry. And so um, we talked about creation. And so the first night we talked about the first six things that happened, and I was talking about how amazing, um, it's almost like there was somebody who had more intelligence than us that placed all these things in the universe so they'd all work together, right? And so that next day I talked about us being created. And so I'll give you a fun fact. How long is our small intestine? Tyler's, you might be a little bigger. What's that? How, how many feet long? Yo, it, you're 22 feet. You have 22 feet of small intestine in your body? 
intestine. I think that's what I say. I, Southern Indiana. Do you guys know that? That would stretch a long way. I don't know how long that'd be. How, how long is our sanctuary? 60? Okay. So that's like a third of our church. That's how much is your small intestine. How many blood vessels do we have in our body? How long are they? If you took them all out and put them end to end, they would wrap around the earth four times. That's in your body. How amazing is that? Like you were created. I wish I could bring Maggie in here because I had to let her finish my sentence. You're created on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. Before God did anything else, he had a purpose for you. And what is that purpose? Multiply, be fruitful, and multiply. Now, he said that in Genesis, but I think it has a deeper spiritual meaning as well. See, our job as Christians is not just to sit. Growing is important, but our job as a Christian is to be fruitful and multiply. That, I think that's the main job that we have. Now, are there steps that we have to take to get there? Yeah, we have to grow. We have to do things, but that is the main step. All right, so um, let's see here. So the three essential elements in, this passages, in these passages are um, baptize. It is make disciples and teach the repentance and remission of sins. Okay, so this is a threefold teaching of Jesus. This is what we should be doing as Christians. We should be teaching the repentance and remission of sins, that Jesus died for our sins, and we should repent of these sins. We should also be baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we should also be teaching them once they get to that point. Um, so let's see here where I want to go next. So uh, these are some questions. Let's go to Acts chapter one, verse eight, Acts chapter one, verse eight. I think we're missing something, right? I said, this is a big job to go into all the world. Now, we have a threefold mission to teach remission, to repent of sins. We need to repent of sins, to baptize, and to disciple. But I think we're missing a key point that we need something. Now, he told us the starting point here. So let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Anybody want to read that? I can read it if you don't want to. But. Oh, okay. Michelle, thank you. All right, so we found the missing key, right? We will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, what is a witness? What does a witness do? It tells people about God. It also testifies, right? It declares a witness. I won't go there. I don't want to go there. Never mind. Um, I learned an interesting fact where testify comes from. I'll let you look up that on your own. Um, I'm just going to say, sometimes the Bible G's things for us. 
You know what I mean by that? General audience is everything. Oh, we're all adults in here. No, we're not. Okay. No, I'm not. Okay, so testify is an interesting, is an interesting word. But we are to testify. We are to declare. We are to, to, to tell who Jesus is. Now, where were they supposed to do this? This is Judea. Or they were supposed to be in Jerusalem, right? He already told us in Luke. No, was that? Yeah. In Luke, start in Jerusalem. And then where was Judea? It's where was, in, where Jerusalem is, where is Judea? Judea surrounds Jerusalem. So you start here, and then you move to here. Sorry, that's, I moved the mic. <laughs> All right, and then where's Samaria? Right next to it, out, right? So you have Jerusalem, you have Judea. So now we kind of have a plan, right? Isn't, okay, I got some engineer friends in here, right? Isn't life easier when you have a plan? Okay, how many of you get this reference? And I just, the A-team. Is anybody in here an A-team fan? I love when a plan comes together. Right here we get a plan now. Here's a plan, and you get to go out in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. Okay, so what happens next? Here we are, and Jesus says, go and wait. And what do they do while they're waiting? pray right like it's like i think it's like three weeks i heard one time that's a long time i don't know if they're fasting i don't know if they're getting food brought in i don't know if they're grub oven it or door dashing it or whatever i don't know if they had that back then thanks for the pity laugh back there all right so i don't know what was happening but they were in a room sealed in for three weeks why were they sealed in for anybody know well jesus told them to go kind of hide, but they were also kind of scared, right? The shepherd got struck, the sheep scatter, you know, they're already, they already killed Jesus, Who? Well, why wouldn't they kill the lesser ones? And so, so they go and hide, and they have the, uh, um, it's about three weeks, and then, and then Peter stands up. So now we're in Acts chapter 2, verses 32 through 40, and I won't read through all this, Actually, let's go ahead and read it. I'll read it. God has resurrected this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted, exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel be known with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. That's a dig right there, isn't it? Just saying that's a, Peter's telling the truth here, right? This is sometimes, and we'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit, but that's sometimes we have to share that. So when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? Repent, Peter said to him, and be baptized, each of you in the name of the Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. All right. Did, did Peter pe preach what Jesus had said? Was his message a deep theological message? 
that same. It's like that response time. It was a different message at the time, but it's pretty simple, right? Would it, now, would it have been difficult to follow? Yes, but it's not a real difficult message to understand, is it? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. That's what this is all good. Um, I, but did he preach what Jesus had said to preach? Believe in Jesus, repent, and be baptized. Right? Is that pretty much what he said? If you go to verse 36, verse 37, 38. Repent, Peter said to him, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins. What was the response to that message? Anybody know what happened after that? 3,000 people were baptized that day. That'd be pretty good church service, wouldn't it? I'm just saying. Like, we'd probably have changed the water out a couple times if uh, we had 3,000 people in there. I wouldn't want to be the 3,000th person in there. I'm just saying. Like, I I don't know. It's uh, Do you guys remember what uh, Katie Booth's cousin said when she got baptized? Do you guys remember that story? She said she wanted to go first. You remember why? Because she didn't want to be in there with everybody else's sin. Because it was washed away. And all right, so <laughs> see, that's a that's a baby Christian, right? And sometimes we just say words that don't mean anything to other people. Right? How many of you have ever been talking to someone who's an expert in their field and not understand a word they say? Is there anybody else in here? My old neighbor teacher, his name was Doug Thayer. I loved him. He just retired. So now I have this young teacher. Some of you may know her. Her name's Maggie Finley. She taught at Bedford Middle School before she moved to Orleans. And she is a ball of energy. Holy smokes. See, Doug Thayer was old and was about to retire. So we just did things at our own pace. And she comes in and she is, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Um, so, but it's, it's, it's rubbing off on me in a good way. It's uh. So it's a good thing. I'm like, okay, I can, I can be a little more than, I can do this. All right, so, um, but Doug was the smartest man I ever met. And he was, he, he read all of these, like, Smithsonian magazines and everything, and all the scientific journals. And he knew everything that was happening in the science world, you know. And uh, none of the kids understood him either. They didn't, I'm like, what'd you learn in ICP today? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And so I'd have a conversation between classes, and I had no idea what he was saying either. Because he was just saying words I didn't like. I don't know what that means. I'm, like, you got to break that down a little, you know. you got to break that down for me. So sometimes we just say some words, and maybe people don't understand, you know. The <laughs> it's kind of funny hearing someone else tell you what, it, what, what they, like their word picture they get when you say something to them. You know what I mean? Because then you can understand a little bit. Oh, that's how that comes off. So I had, I had probably the, I don't know if it's the greatest compliment or a critique, the best critique. But I had a girl in class yesterday tell me, you're like being taught by a kid who knows things. I was like, eh, that's not too far from the truth. Um, so, all right, where were we? So, 3,000 people were baptized. All right, now, 
I'm going to kind of skip this a little bit. Now let's go here. Acts chapter 4. What happened? So, Acts chapter 4, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into some life application stuff. I'm going to try to save myself about 15 minutes here at the end to get into life application stuff. And I don't think anybody's falling asleep yet, so we're good. All right. So, in Acts chapter 4, what happens? Verses 1 through 4. Now, as they were speaking to the people, guess who came? The priest, the commander of the temple, guard, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were provoked that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in person, in the person of Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. So they seized them and put them in custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be be about 5,000. Can I tell you that what, what Satan means for evil God has for good, and the more that you are oppressed, the more that you are pushed against, the more that you will grow. The more resistance that you face, the more the kingdom will grow. Okay? So here we're in verse 18, and he says, uh, So they called for them and ordered them not to preach or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, saying, Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. So now we're going to go to verse 29 here. And it says, And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your slaves may speak your message with complete boldness. Okay? So, how they respond to this? They stood up to it. And they had, see, you could tell there was a change, right? I almost stood up like I was going to get ready to preach there. Did you guys see that? All right. You could tell there was, maybe I won't preach. There was a change there, right? Between Acts 1, 8 and Acts 4, there's a change. And what was that change? See, they waited on the Lord. See, I, is, is, someone has to help me out because I haven't said it. Is Isaiah 41? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Is it 43? Thank you. 4031. I, 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 I had one in there. I knew it was close. I knew it was somewhere in Isaiah. Right? So you've got to wait sometimes. See, you've got to be ready. Because you don't know when that call is going to come. And so I want to go over six quick applications. I know, I'm, I know maybe a little long. But you don't know when the call that you're going to help, have to serve someone right or be ready and have your fruit ready for them see we go through we go through stages in life though right how many of you ever went through a dry stage it's hard right but one of my favorite teachings on this comes from c.s lewis how many of you please know how many know c.s lewis okay all right at least at least chronicle narnia all right how many of you ever heard of the screw tape letters oh oh Okay, it's just two. Like, so how many of you have not heard of the screw tape letters? Okay, how many didn't answer my question and you don't want to raise your hands because I don't know? Okay, so the screw tape letters were, and this was written in the perspective of demons. All right, and so you had Screw Tape, who was like the head demon, I'm pretty sure, and then his his nephew, and his nephew had a new Christian in his grasp. All right. Well, actually, this was his guy, like he was warred, he was over. And how many know there's spiritual warfare? Okay. There's spiritual, there's things in the spiritual realm that we can't see that's happening in our lives. Okay. And so screw tape is, I forget which one, but the demon has him. And so he's asking for advice from his uncle because he's like a master demon. All right. And so in one of the, the, one of the letters, the correspondence back between them, the one, the, the nephew was 
bragging because the Christian was going through a dry spell. And he's like, I've got him. He's in a dry spell. He doesn't read his Bible much. You know, he's not, he, he's just, he's struggling. And I got him where I want him. And the screw, and, and, and the, the, the screw tape comes back. He says, that's when you're in most danger. Because, see, he was still going through the things. He was still praying. He was still seeking. He, and even if, you, if, even if you don't feel it right away, keep pushing. Because you don't know when that breakthrough is going to happen. All right? And screw tape told me, that is, the, you're in danger. Because if he's still doing it and he's dry, that means he's bought into it. Okay, so if you're in a season in your life where you're in a dry part, keep pushing. Keep pressing and keep spending time with God. That's been kind of my message here lately with the kids. I don't know about you, but I get stuck on messages. All right? And, and, and the one that we, we, that we, we did at, at Kentucky and Michigan is... Um, Daniel had an excellent spirit because he spent time with God. All right? So spend time with God because we got to do it on purpose. We got to have a purpose when we go spend time with God. Now I'm going to go back to teaching. I'm going to sit down. All right. Did you guys know in biblical times? So Jesus was, was, a, was a rabbi and they'd walk around. And so he'd be teaching as he was walking. It wasn't until he sat down. When it got serious. And they would gather around him. So I'm not saying I'm Jesus and sitting down. I just want to sit down because I'm tired and lazy. All right, so, um, but that is a, I really do like that imagery of that. So we see in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. Or if you, you know, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, 4 and 5 and 12, and Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 21, what begins to happen to the word of God? Or to, to God's kingdom, to God's message. What, what happens? It spreads. And everywhere they go, there's opposition. See, when you face opposition, that means you're doing something right. If you're not facing opposition, you're kind of stagnant. So if you are catching the attention of people around you and they don't like it, that might very well be a good thing. I want to share a little personal story here. So, If you turned your back, he's right there. 
In James, it says, if you draw near to God, he draws near to you. Right? He never leaves you very far. Now, you may turn your back against him, and he may feel far away, but he's not. He's right there, right? I mean, if we go back to the parable of the of the um, of the of the of the the prodigal son, there you go. Like he came running back, right? He was looking, and I said from afar off. I don't think God's that far off. He came running back. Okay, so I thank God for that. Last night I'm sitting there, and it was I was kind of annoyed at my wife because, well. Um, how many of you have a honey-do list at home? Does anybody have a honey-do list? Oh, okay, Tyler's got his hand raised. No one else? All right, am I just missing all these references? All right. How many of you have to, like, get a little prod? I remember watching, uh, I don't know, if you're not on TikTok or Instagram or anything like that. All right. Oh, Dustin raised hand on TikTok. He likes that one. All right. Just trying to hit points here. All right. Um, but I, I remember watching one and said, it was how, did, how get your husband to do something? And it was bring the tools out. Is that, does that work? Like, they get the tools out, and then you're like, ah, I got it. No, that doesn't work on anybody else. It works on me. So, for a good four weeks now, I've been spo- I was supposed to finish the chicken coop. So, I'd finished the chicken coop, and I thought I had it fortified, but the fox near our house said different and ate all our chicks while we were gone at Kentucky. And I found, like, I almost felt like they were, like, playing with me because I was out in the garden. Okay, I said I wouldn't mention the garden again, but here's the garden. So I was out in the garden, and I saw his head in the garden. I thought, like, it's like the Godfather or something. Like, they wanted to, all right, sorry. I don't know. You probably have never seen that movie. I apologize. All right. Um, okay. So, Carrie, so to, to, to prod me to get this project finished, guess what she does? She goes and buys chicks. She just goes and buys them. Okay. So, I, well, no, I had slept pretty well the night before, so it wasn't bad. But I was annoyed. Because <laughs> I hadn't planned my, I hadn't really planned on working all evening on the chicken coop. And like I said, most of it's finished. It's just really fortifying the windows and the doors so we can put the chicks in there and Hopefully no fox gets them until they're a little bit, you know, I, okay. So we're sitting there, but it was at the end of the evening. It was, the work was all done. And we're sitting on our little patio downstairs. And we get this text message um, from a friend of mine. And his mama died yesterday in a car wreck. I don't know if you heard about her car wreck in Michigan. And the lady that passed away is my is my assistant coach and good friend since high school's mom. And uh, so what are you supposed to say in that situation? What are you supposed to do in that situation? See, that's why I was talking about you never know when you're going to get the call. And I'm not saying that to, like, say, look at me. But I'm just saying if I would have been in the same place I would have been three months ago, I would have answered that call differently than where I am now. And so we have to be prepared. See, I think our main goal is to be fruitful and multiply everywhere we go. All right? So I just want to give you some, some, some kind of ways to do this, to, to be ready when the call comes. 
All right, so go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. Now, I'm going to go a little bit quicker. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. If not, that's okay. I will tell you, when I was in uh, Missouri, I wrote down the wrong scripture reference. Man, there's nothing worse than that, I don't think. I feel like, all right. So the first thing that we have to be ready for, so I'm going to give you six factors to be ready to be fruitful and multiply. The first one is the right motivation, all right? So right motivation. So here in verse 11 through 21, they give us about seven Seven reasons why we should be motivated to be ready to be fruitful and multiply. In verse 11, it says, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We know the fear of the Lord. Our respect for God and our desire to please him leads us to persuade others. Right? If I know the answer and I see someone going down a path, I want to warn them about that. The second one is what we are is plain to God. We are completely open before God. He sees us and we want to please him, so we share our faith to please God. We're talking about the motivation that we have. Our conscience, we know what is it is right to share our faith, and our conscience approves of us if we are doing that. So we should be ready to share our faith because of our conscience. It is for you. This is the greatest gift that we can give someone is to lead them to Christ. So I want to give uh, just a quick example here. When you're talking about in... Uh, uh, we're talking about Ephesians. We're talking about the armor of God, right? What was the most ornate piece of armor on a Roman soldier? What is breastplate? It was important, but it wasn't the most ornate. It wasn't the time he took the most. It wasn't the, he, this was the thing that he took the most time. He, w- he, would, he would put little pictures of his farm and, and his family and things that were important to him in this item. It was the helmet of salvation, See, this is the greatest thing that we have is the salvation from Christ. This is what we should share with others before any other gift, all right? The love of Christ compels us in verse 14. This is what helps us get ready, all right? Um, In verse 17, we can help others to become a new creation. We can see what they're going through and the path that they're going down and that we can help them to stop going down that path. He gave us he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How many of you was at church? How many of you were at church on Sundays? <sighs> that was a long sentence. I should have taken a breath in between there. How many of you were at church on Sunday? How many of you thought that message was great? Right? We we talked he talked about reconciliation. I have to go into that, right? Because he went into that. This is what wonderful news that we can be reconciled to God, but what a responsibility that we have, the ministry, that we have the ministry that makes the news known to others. If we do not make it known, who will? And in verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors. See, we are his representatives and are to make him known to those around us. What an honor. We do not share our faith for our own glory, to win an argument, or to gain power. Rather, we share our faith to help others to glorify God and Christ for what they have done for us. And to share in the greatest mission on earth, carrying out God's plan to save the lost. Okay, so right motivation. The second factor that we need to be in position to share our faith is the right involvement. Okay? How many of you, is it Westboro Baptist Church? You guys ever remember that group? You don't hear about them much anymore. You guys, you guys, no? Okay. They had some, some bad signs out. They were talking about how God hates things and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm going to say they probably didn't win a whole lot of people to Christ that way, right? That's probably not the best. We probably don't want to go go around. And here's the thing. If you don't have a good relationship with somebody, you probably don't want to be the one pointing out faults. Right? They're going to put up a wall right there. So here's how we get involved, though. The first part of that, I know this is a three-part, so this is like a, a, a three-in-one, is the right conduct. 1 Timothy 4.12 says that... What? What does 1 Timothy 4.12 say? Do not let people look down upon you because you are young, and you guys are all young in here, young at heart, all right? But we are to be examples for Christ. That's 1 Timothy 4.12. Our second one is we have to have right conversations, all right? We should learn to bring something about the church where Jesus or something we have done with youth group into this conversations we are already having with people. Now, I think you got to have a relationship with those people first, all right? And the third one is right connections. We need to be meeting people, making friendships, getting to know people. How many of you have a hard time making friends? Tyler, <laughs> that is not such a lie. But I think you have to push through that and get to make connections with people. I read a meme one time the greatest miracle Jesus had was that he was over 30 and had 12 close friends. So I thought that was kind of a funny meme. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to make connections with people. So is it kind of scary too? Like, is, am I just speaking to myself? Because sometimes I feel like I'm speaking to myself. But how many of you are afraid of putting yourself, I know Tyler's not. <laughs> I won't tell the story of the phone call because it's still hilarious. But... How many of you are afraid to put yourself out there because you're afraid to get hurt? All right, well, so we got, we got, we got spouses pointing at spouses. No, it's our, but I, that's where I am, right? That's where I, okay, the third factor, all right, is to be the right person. We've been talking in general terms about how to have a pool of people from which to choose from our sharing our faith, but now we must narrow our focus to one or two people. So part of this is being prayed up, and who am I going to share Who are you going to share your faith with? All right, so first, can you guys, I, I've been teaching kids for like too long. Okay, so first of all, I want you to say, right motivation. Okay, we can do better. Right motivation. Okay, that's good. So the second one was right involvement. So right involvement. Okay, and the third one is right person or people. Okay, so that is, that is one through three. I'm going to try to get through these other ones as quickly as possible here all right sorry hang on one second we'll get there all right so we're going to be talking here um the fourth one is the right approach say right approach okay man we're getting it i like it this is this is a little different for a wednesday night though isn't it maybe a little bit all right so i'm, I'm born destined to death i'll go quick so we can you can go pick your kids up, because I'm sure they miss you. What time we got? Okay, 7.50. I got 10 minutes. We can do this. All right, so say right approach. Okay, how do we get, how do we meet people where they are? This is a great building and a great facility, but they're not all going to come here. 
So where do you go to meet them? See, I think we got to be purposeful in our in our uh, in our fruitfulness and our multiplying. If I could go out to a garden and throw seeds out, right? And stuff, things are going to grow. So when I first, we first moved to Orleans, this was back in 1995. This is maybe where my love of gardening started, I don't know. So we move into our house, and it hadn't been lived in for a little bit. And someone, I think we had some old popcorn. And we threw some old popcorn out. And guess what grew in our backyard, in all the rocks? We had corn, so we had some tomatoes that we threw out. We just had some, we just threw some tomatoes out there. And so this land had never been used or hadn't been used in a while, so guess what we had? Tomatoes. To this day, you cannot walk up my mom and dad's stairs because there's tomatoes growing in front of their stairs. Cherry tomatoes. Now, what size tomato is this? Because you got cherry. Are those grape tomatoes? Is that what they're called? They're not because they're like a cherry tomato, but they're this big. Like, where do you grow what you put on them? But they're in the, like the front yard by our stairs. And it's crazy because my, my parents are crazy. I don't know. Oh, my favorite, though, was we had an old watermelon. Stood in the backyard. This wa- my brother could not put his arm around the watermelon. Now, you can plant a garden like that, right? And you're gonna, things are going to grow. But I think we've got to be a little more purposeful in the approach we take with people. Like if you, I, there was one skit we did with the kids, and um, we had um, there was this kid, guy sitting like at a bus stop, and we try to uh, these kids try to come up and evangelize to him, and none of them were getting to him, and like they were praying with him, like some of them hit with the Bible, you know, and they like, and then he stood up and he said, "No wabla inglés." Um, so. So, like, we should know, like, that's part of the right person, too, right? Like, we should know who we're talking to, maybe so we can understand, and bring their interest in. You know, I think softball is a great way to get people to come to church. A church league softball team. Look, some of the filthiest mouths I've ever heard have been at a church league basketball game. Calvers, like, he's, that's, Brandon played one game a couple years ago with us, didn't he? Two games, he's like, that's enough. No more. I'm retired. I retired for a reason. That's a coach. From, that's right. That's what. That's that's what I went to now. All right. So find where people are. What is your right approach? And there's all kinds. I'm not going to go into all different approaches, but you can find your approach. All right. So right approach number five. Say right focus. Okay. What is our focus? What should be our focus? favorite verse i'm getting good all right who's our who should be our focus like jesus that's right that was the sunday school answer jesus is our focus should always be our focus right we're meeting them where they are and our focus should always now should be on them but it should be we're trying to get jesus to them by not shoving it to them but by showing them through our right conduct brandon banks you are a man of few words they are always wise I like people. Like, I have stood up here and said lots of words, and I don't know if any of them make sense. But Brandon Banks puts one thing on Facebook that makes me cry. Thanks, Brandon Banks. 
You remember what you put? What was it? You can't remember word for word? All right. I'm starting to become the man I should have became a long time ago. Like, I could have said that, dropped the mic, and left. I should have, shouldn't I, Brandon? <laughs> but here's the thing. I, 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 that kind of goes back, back to the, when, to, when we're back to like point three, and I meant to say it then, but I want to say it now. So right focus should be on Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. So this is John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. This is what is the purpose of this gospel? Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. It goes on from there. Oh, that's fine. It's okay. But these are written so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. Oh, it was in verse 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that could be written. No, am I the only one that still, lo I love fairy tales. I do. Like C.S. Lewis is my favorite author because, not because he wrote Screwtape Letters, because he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. And if you read the forward of that book, he says, this is for Lucy. Guess where Lucy got her name from? I didn't come up with it. Caitlin, gosh. All right, so, sorry. I, but in that, in the forward, he says, this is to Lucy. And by the time I get finished with this, you'll be too old for this. But hopefully you'll come back to it as adult, as an adult, and read it. And so you can pull. I'm kind of paraphrasing it now. All right? Because there are, there are truths in fairy tales. There are truths in stories that we pull out. Yes, are there talking animals in the Chronicles of Narnia, Lightning, Witch, and Wardrobe? Yes, but can I see Aslan as Jesus laying down for us? And dying for us? Yes. All right, and I love that ending there. If he would have done everything that he would have done, it, there was not enough books in the world to contain it. All right, what is the last one? Is the right attitude. How we approach people will play a big part in how they respond. We can quickly turn them off or we can help them open up. Even that annoying kid. I'm talking as a teacher. You guys know that annoying kid, right? That won't leave you alone. Even if you homeschool, right, Kendra? <laughs> Do you have two of them in mind? <laughs> I got Brody. I got uh, Brody Taylor in my head right now. That kid will follow you around like a like a puppy. I'm glad it's not on film because he's an eighth grader right now at Orleans. He just falls, I mean, and, you know, sometimes I've had enough. Like, I can only listen for so long, and I have to, like, I have to make something up. Like, Brody, I got to go this way. Uh, I, what do you got to do? I don't know, but I got to go. But watch your attitude, because you don't know who you're opening up to or who's, who is opening up to you without you realizing it. So I had a tough kid, and he's moved away this year. And we're not quite sure. And he hadn't called me yet. But we had this, we, 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 and I, he, I had him seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade. So I had him on all these years. And so I went down today and I talked to, he's kind of our, 
emotionally handicapped or emotionally disabled, I forget what it's called, I'm sorry, um, teacher, and he still stays in contact with him. And I don't know if I was ever nice to him or not, um, but he said, as he moved away, he keeps in contact, he said, he also mentioned your name. I said, give my cell phone. So if you ever need to talk. I'm going to tell you, three months ago, I wouldn't have said that. So I don't know exactly if I had to put this in a nut, nutshell, what I want you to know from tonight. I guess two words <laughs> would have been a lot quicker sermon slash teaching. Be ready. And how do we get there? We just spend time with him. <laughs> All right, I like it. Spend time with him. Every chance you get. Spend time with them. How many of you ever know, like, how many know, like, when you hang out with somebody, they rub off on you? How many of you ever start saying phrases that you wouldn't say, because, but you catch some, you catch yourself, you catch yourself saying things that other people say to you? Does that happen to anybody? I pick up on, like, I pick up words. I say some words. No. I pick up on some things. So every day, spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Let him rub off on you. And take that wherever you go. And always be ready and be fruitful and multiply no matter how old you are. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Lord, if I, if I know we, there's a lot of things said here, <laughs> some bad jokes made. Lord, but I ask you to speak to their heart that we are always ready for our purpose because you created us with a purpose and on purpose. Lord, I know we go through dry seasons, and if someone's in here dry season right now, Lord, I ask you to begin to, to let them feel your presence, that you begin to speak to them, that they don't give up, that they keep moving on, that they keep marching forward in your name, with you, knowing that you are there with them. They may feel, it may feel distant, but you are there with them, Lord, that they feel your presence. And Lord, I ask we just, be, we just spend time with you on purpose. Whatever that looks like in our world, whether it be worship music, whether it be praying, whether it be reading the Bible, whether, you know, whatever that, whatever that takes means going to somebody and, and serving them in your name. Lord, let us do that so we can get closer and closer to you so we can be ready for the call when the call comes. Lord, if we see one of our friends, one of our, one of our, I, we are warriors, we are, we are compatriots here in this church. If we see someone down, Lord, help us see them with your eyes and fill them with your heart and listen to them with your ears so that we can pick them up, Lord, when they are struggling. Lord, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.